0: On today's edition of the Locked On Eagles podcast, we got to get into how the Eagles replaced Dallas Goddard for at least a month. Is Jalen Hurts the frontrunner to win MVP? The secondary issues are a problem. All that and more on this Tuesday edition of Locked On Eagles. You are Locked On Eagles, your daily Philadelphia Eagles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. This episode of the Lockdown Eagles podcast is brought to you by FanDuel. Make every moment more. Right now, new customers get $150 back in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's a hundred and fifty bucks. If your team wins, which the Eagles always do, visit FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to get started. I'm Louis DiBiase alongside Gino Camilleri. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day, Monday through Friday, right here on the On Podcast Network. We're continuing to recap a nail-biting win on Sunday, 28-23. The Eagles take it over the Dallas Cowboys, 8-1 and heading into the bye. It feels good to be on top of not just the NFC, but the entire NFL genome. That win, however, did come at a price. Both sides of the ball got pretty beat up. They gave it everything they had to get that win. Unfortunately, tight end Dallas Goddard suffering an injury around the same time actually as last year. feels very familiar, the timeline, too, of how long he's going to be out. Dallas Scotter did suffer a forearm fracture yesterday off that uh, RPO play where he took it for, what, 20 yards. uh, Landed on the arm, though, unfortunately, an arm tackle. Going to keep him out likely four to five weeks. So they have the bye week. Maybe he only misses three to four games. But, again, it's it's good that it's not season-ending, which was what I was nervous about because this is one of your Jenga pieces you can't afford to lose. Uh, But, again, hearing that he's not out long-term, great news. But, For the short term, they're going to have to overcome this. And last year, they struggled to replace number 88.
1: The way that they went about it last year was just hoping that the two guys behind Dallas Goddard were going to step up, that being Jack Stoll, that being Grant Calcaterra. And Chris Watkins, you could say, too, right? Yeah, you could throw him into the equation. I would say that this year, this go-around, Jack Stoll only has two catches for 10 yards on the entire year. Grant Calcaterra has no catches and no yards. Albert O has... Barely been activated. Yesterday was the first time. Yeah. Sunday. Yeah. Now you were going to say, are these guys going to replace Dallas Goddard? Or are we going to really have to figure out a way to get creative? And Nick Sirianni in his press conference on Monday said that it's not just on those three guys being those tight ends to come in and step up to help replace Dallas Goddard. It's going to have to be getting creative with new ways to use Julio Jones and Quez Watkins coming back from his injury and Olamide Zacchea is some more in the passing game using more 21 personnel sets, which they did in that Dallas game the other day. They only did it one or two times, but getting multiple running backs on the field, because frankly you can't just line up and play now. It is a clear giveaway that Jack Stoll and Grant Calcaterra when they are on the field, they are pure running clocking type of guys. Now you're going to have to get pass catchers, find a way to replace 40 to 50 yards a game. Hopefully you can do that through DeAndre Swift. Hopefully you can do that through a Zacchaeus and Julio Jones, but finding the type of play that Dallas Goddard brings to this football team, frankly, don't have anybody that can do that.
0: Right. I, I, I would say, Gino, like the yardage, I guess, technically could be made up through Julio, a combination of Julio, OZ, Swift, some more, you know, 21 personnel where Kenneth Gainwell's on the football field more, mm-hmm. you know, maybe Rashad Penny and Boston Scott as well. But you're right. Like you put it perfectly. The yardage could be made up, but the efficiency within those plays, you're not going to get the same kinds of plays out of Julio mm-hmm. as you're going to get with Dallas Goddard. To me, the antidote or the solution here. Again, there's not really a fix to losing a elite top three to four tight end in football. But for me, it would be the run game needs to get better now. And Devante Smith, I need, think needs to get even more involved, right? Because, you know, this past game had a great game, 51 reception or yards, I should say in a touchdown, but only had three catches. So more receptions for Devante. I think that's another key. I think that's what I'm relying on more is just more of number six in the run game, because I just don't think you can rely on any of those other guys to really replicate what Cotter does.
1: No, that's such a hard position to go and find. And we are talking about only five or six guys can even do it exactly. as well as Dallas yeah. Cotter can. Right. And then there are a lot of guys like the Jack Stolls of the world and the grand Calcateros that they're, fine players when it comes to run blocking and being a second and third tight end but when it comes to stepping up not a lot of teams have that i mean outside of kansas city who runs a boatload of 13 personnel there's not a lot of teams frankly that can do that and like you said i think it has to be relying on more of the two of the three guys on the big three that are still ready to play. And Devontae Smith is going to have to step up. The run game is going to have to get back to form, whether you like it or not. They haven't been as effective in the last couple weeks or so, but how teams are going to attack the Eagles. That is going to be interesting. Now is it we can pop guys out, help more in coverage now that we don't have to worry about Dallas Goddard. We can deploy our safeties and our linebackers more to try and take away those intermediate areas of the field from A.J brown at devontae smith or are the eagles just gonna throw the whole thing on their head and say we're just gonna try and throw it at grant calcaterra and jack Stoll and hope for the best hopefully that isn't because we've complained about kenny so gainwell <laughs> getting touches there's no way i want to go to the 10th and 12th best option on no. this team frankly
0: so again the good news is goddard is not going to miss the entire season and right It's not ideal. He's missing the Chiefs game, likely the Bills game, the 49ers game. Like those are some big matchups, right? But you've built up this cushion where I'm not saying you can afford to lose, but you're eight and one. Now the second team in the NFC East is the Dallas Cowboys, who you just beat. So that's another game swing there. They're at Mm -hmm. five and three. You've got the bye week this week as well to get other guys healthy, including Jalen hurts. Maybe that mobility can come up a little bit more too when the Eagles come back, get him running more on the outside. So I think it's, again, it's not ideal that Dallas Goddard got hurt again around the same time as last year, but this is somebody you can't lose for the season. And every time I see an arm injury, I'm like, oh, man, is that a torn bicep? I mean, is he out for the year? And you can't lose this guy for the playoffs.
1: And the way that Marquise Bell tackled him, too. I mean, right, that was, It just looked
0: like it, you know.
1: That's teach tape for some MMA guys. I mean, that's yeah. BJJ cross body. I'm getting the arm, taking him down. That's truly what yeah. he did. And Dallas Goddard is almost and i don't know what it is what's in the drinking water with those two roommates but he's like avante maddox where at least he's going to go down for four to five games a year and that was a real question mark going back to draft time where we had questions about who was going to be behind nicobe dean we all along were saying tight end yeah. is a legitimate well, problem behind dallas goddard
0: we talked about at the trade deadline too before zach ertz got injured we said do you consider a reunion because you don't have another tight end remotely close to being able to start and keep a defense on their heels where they think this kid might actually catch a football.
1: They're not calling Rob Gronkowski. You get that idea out of no. It. He's not coming out of football. <laughs> no, that's not happening. There's nobody really on the street. That is like worthy. I mean, do you like Mac Max Williams enough to is even like give him Albert a o. shake? Yeah, I don't, I, I don't think so. And, You're just going to have to get creative, but that's what good teams do. That's what good football teams do, whether it's working Calcaterra and stolen more to where they are a clear giveaway to the run, where they are going out and they are going to be in route running situations. I don't know if that's going to be the way forward. Albert O I think is the biggest question mark because he's done it at a decent rate his 2021, he had like 322 yards, two yeah. passing and touchdowns. Clearly more
0: talented of a pass catcher. Than I 11. agree.
1: I agree. And I, maybe that's why they just haven't been activating him because they're like, we're not going to give him the ball when that's, Dallas is here. Yeah, and right. maybe that's what it is, but it's not Stoll. It's not Calcaterra. We know what those two guys are. Yeah. It's not going to be them. It's going to be more of DeAndre Swift. Maybe he gets two to three more targets a game. Maybe because Watkins finally steps up after this injury and can come back and be more of a a gadgety type player they can use behind the line to replace some of those Dallas Goddard touches where they're manufacturing screens to him and getting him open on some wheel style stuff. But nobody's going to be the man beater that you have in Dallas Goddard. And hopefully he could come back healthy in a couple weeks sooner rather than later. I'd be intrigued to know if he could play with the cast on. I mean, like if he could just play it straight and just keep his hand i would just open keep, and-
0: keep him on the sideline i, I think I, again I at know. eight and one you have the luxury of just making sure he stays healthy because you need him for the stretch run more than anything Absolutely. but yeah it's going to take a village to replace dallas goddard for sure there's not one man on this roster that's going to be able to do it so again not ideal that he got hurt but definitely some optimistic news this morning that he's not going to miss more than likely a month of the regular season all right Gino, stock up stock down coming up next right here on lockdown eagles a 28 to 23 win over the Dallas Cowboys on Sunday, today's podcast for Lockdown Eagles is brought to you by Prize Picks Daily Fantasy. With the basketball season here, you can now pick combo projections across football and basketball from the Specials League, a league created specifically for combo projections that includes two or more players from different sports or leagues. This is awesome. For example, you could take LeBron James and Travis Kelsey at a 10 and a half combo of three points made and receptions. For me, as a football and basketball fan, all in on this. Want to play alongside some of PrizePix's favorite players as well like rapper Meek Mill and comedian Andrew Schultz? You can now find community plays under the Promos tab of the app to view entries from some of the biggest names in the PrizePix community each and every week. PrizePix is changing the game of daily fantasy sports. They even offer a reboot policy so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. For football and basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player is rebooted. PrizePix is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. That's awesome. Go over to prizepicks.com slash LockedOnNFL. Use our promo code LockedOnNFL for a first deposit match up to $100. So again, they're going to match your first deposit up to $100 when you use the promo code LockedOnNFL at prizepicks.com slash NFL. We thank you so much for making Lockdown Eagles your first listen each and every day, guys. Football season, we're halfway through the regular season. Lockdown is kicking up our coverage with Lockdown NFL Kickoff Live. Each Friday, Lockdown will go live at 2 p.m. Eastern time on every Lockdown NFL YouTube channel. Host to Batisse, Batiste, Jarvis Davis, Kyle Krabs. They'll break down every game on the NFL slate to get you ready for your team's matchup, your fantasy lineups, betting angles, all that and more. Plus, get the in-depth analysis from our local analysts, such as Gino and I, our stable of NFL hosts across the country. Know these teams better than anybody else find locked on NFL kickoff live every friday at 2 p.m. eastern time on any locked on NFL youtube channel we are continuing to recap a 28 to 23 win for the birds over the dallas cowboys on sunday and Gino we're going to start with stock up as we always do the positives of this win i think a character win a huge one to continue to build this lead in the division and the conference and we got to start with the quarterback jalen hurts was unbelievable and yet again it really came from inside the pocket because he re-aggravated that leg injury really was not moving well in the second half but what he did inside the pocket was unbelievable and honestly like Lamar Jackson's kind of been the lead horse over the last few weeks but Gino, there's a legitimate conversation that Jalen Hurts should be the MVP of the NFL season halfway through the year
1: and also at the same time I think you have to make the biggest case for him being like the tush push is so successful and how many actual points are scored on the back of him like he is he might have the
0: most unstoppable play in football right now
1: (laughs) yeah and you talk about the most valuable player for the most valuable play in the entire sport yeah on top of how good he has been as a passer Lou I went through every single game he played going back to that Green Bay game in 2020 when he took the ball out of Carson Wentz's hands in the last two weeks he has put up two of the three highest total EPA performances when it comes to the quarterback position in his entire career. He only had one better game, and that was the Tennessee game back in 2021. But outside of that, Washington and Dallas, the last two weeks against division opponents, he has showed you in the pocket who he is. He can't do anything on the run. I mean, he he looked better than he did last week running, but as soon as he got hit in the knee, he was still hobbling. But in the pocket, this guy does not miss a beat. That throw to Devontae Smith was otherworldly. It was unbelievable. This guy, game time, curry mode, whatever you want to call it, he was in it the last two weeks. He has been cooking. He's my MVPs, your MVPs, everybody that listens to this show's MVP. And there are numbers there and the results to back it up. Jalen Hurts is the eighth
0: quarterback in NFL history with three consecutive games of a 73 percent completion percentage, over 200 passing yards in two or more passing touchdowns. He continued that streak against Dallas inside the pocket. He was 14 of 18, a 77.8 percent completion percentage, 164 yards and a touchdown, no picks, and a 123.1 rating. Again, Gino to do that without the run game being effective right now without his own run game being effective the eagles offensive line quietly the last month they've been struggling in pass protection they've actually given up more pressures than anybody through the last 3 games and yet Jalen Hurts is doing what he's doing right now it's incredible and the the, the toughness in such a huge moment too it's such a high pressure game anytime you play Dallas but if they lose that football game they're 7 and 2 Dallas is 6 and 2 and this tough schedule coming up a lot of pressure you're injured but he just, he never wavers.
1: And I think that's a really telling point that you go against two of the better pass rushing teams in football the last two weeks. And even at yeah, Bradley Chubb with I mean, what he was doing for Miami. Sure. I mean, yeah. to go out and hang in the pocket is just such a testament of who he is as a quarterback, because there are so many times, I mean, if you woke up and watched that chiefs in Miami, game, how many times a two would just see two or three free rushers and the guy lays down. He doesn't even attempt to throw the football. I've seen Jalen make more throws with guys in his grill than I've seen Eagles quarterback. I think back to Sam Bradford just sitting in the pocket and just cowering. And now we have this guy that we're watching completely elevate his play from a place that no, nobody especially not us you hear our reaction a couple years ago to when he was drafted we never thought he could be anywhere close to who he is as a pure pocket quarterback when it comes to a he's the best pure pocket he's the best right now he's quite literally the best i mean i never thought he could be like a
0: half like the the top tier or even like an above average guy where he's in the top you know 16 he's Mm. number one right now and that's Unbelievable! He's winning shootouts. He's making comebacks. He's beating good teams. He's been money on third and fourth down. That continued on Sunday. I mean, every important area where, where it it's required that your quarterback is elite to be a championship contender. He is almost the best player
1: in all of those categories. And his turnovers have gone down exponentially. Yeah, zero over in the, the last two, couple weeks,
0: or zero interceptions at least.
1: Yeah, and that fumble—it was more the on the exchange. Fault, you could get right. into yeah, sure. we could really get into semantics on that one but he yeah. is doing everything you want, man. He's taking control of the football and yeah. he's just being the leader. I, I think the toughest thing for a quarterback. And I know I, I'm not, I'm not a manly man by any stretch of the imagination, but dude, the guy walks off the field after getting the Marcus's, the Marcus Lawrence's helmet in his knee. And this guy's not crying. He just walks onto the field, stone face stoic. And he is the leader that we have needed in this city for so, so long. And, if he was just a guy who completed 58% of his passes, but he was a really good athlete and you're like, you could win some games with them. Yeah. I'm sure some guys would buy in, but there is everybody there. Jason Kelsey. I I think how good of a connection he has with the center who has been through every quarterback that the Eagles have had since Michael Vick going back. It's such a testament of who he is as a 24 year old kid leading men each and every single week. And to do it in that Dallas game where Dak is performing just as good as you are, and back to the Super Bowl when Mahomes is going toe for, t- I mean, shot for shot with you, he's kept up with everybody, Lou. You want to yeah. talk about a guy that's going to bang a three when the other team bangs a three? This guy's going to hit a three and then he's going to go and he's yeah. going to get right in your face oh, and yeah. he's going to taunt you.
0: The answer back ability is incredible for Jalen Hurts and this entire team, and a lot of that is because of two other guys that their stock continues to rise. It's his two receivers. It's the big three, and they're going to have to step up even more with Dallas Scotter going down. Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown. Do you know A.J. Brown on Sunday became the fastest eagle of all time to surpass 1,000 receiving yards. Devontae Smith had three catches as well for 51 yards and a huge touchdown. Also had a really big third and long conversion. So reliable, so selfless with Devontae. I loved seeing him after James Bradbury made that stop on fourth down with a minute 23 left. Devontae go instantly. He's like the first player that runs off the sidelines and gets in Bradbury's face to like celebrate with him and motivate him. The leadership of Devontae is something I never really thought about. And then they made him a captain this offseason, which I thought was interesting. And lately he's been on those mic'd up segments, which everybody's loving because he's hilarious. But you're also seeing the leadership, like the way he talks to Slay and Bradbury and veterans. Like he's running into the defensive huddle to talk to guys. He is, I mean, honestly, like, A.J. Brown's the best receiver in football right now, I think. But Devontae, pay him whatever he wants this offseason. They cannot lose that guy.
1: It was always Devontae Smith. He was... Uh, you want
0: a jersey to buy? Number six, Devontae Smith is a good one.
1: I was thinking about when I have to buy that Alabama Devontae Smith jersey. You might have that to. it has to, to come dude, at that's some a point. great
0: yeah. purchase if you do it.
1: It was always him. I mean, I don't know what it was looking back. Just that moment when he caught that ball in the national cha- it just tells so much about a player, their composure, and like who they are, like their upbringing, that they're able to like do these things in high-profile situations. And he's one hundred sixty pounds. He's such an outlier. You Did what you see the, the pancake position. block he had on that one oh, screen yesterday? I he was, he was going gonna to bring that Into up, the Luke. ground. I mean. Luke. If you pancake blocked me, I would never show my face. That would be so ever. embarrassing. And, I, yeah, I, I would never it. be able to do it again. <laughs> and that's that's what happened with Devontae Smith. He pancake yeah. blocked one of the cornerbacks of the Dallas Cowboys out of bounds at 160 pounds. He is a man among men. He might not look the part, he might not sound like your run of the mill. He's a country boy, man. He's a he's country as it'll come. He's a funny character, but he is a leader. He they just have a a leadership group that is young men who are mm-hmm. bonding together to lead even older men. It, I, I, That's I the coolest it. part, Gina. I, I don't like, understand how it works, but it's right. working. Their voice carries a lot of weight.
0: I mean, veterans that are 30-plus years old are listening to these young guys. It shows how mature this football team really is. Uh, anybody else stock up for you? How about on the defensive side of the ball?
1: Just the whole defensive line, man. I mean, Dude, when you yeah. think good can't get any better, they just do Like, Hassan Reddick made Terrence Steele – like, made – a lot of people that support Dallas question if Terrence Steele should have gotten that contract that he got in the offseason after how Hassan Reddick completely bullied him. Josh Sweat is a top-ten edge all day long. He needs to get paid. Fletcher Cox, fine wine. You know the tweet at this point. Uncle BG goes out there and has a great play. All of these guys are stepping up in huge moments. Jalen Carter, It just they all deserve how do you as not much even credit mention? as you get.
0: Number 94, man. I mean, Josh Sweat with the sack of the game, 23 seconds to go. He is now, by the way, tied for the league lead in pressures. They all stepped up, as you mentioned. Cox and uh, Carter both had half a sack. Brandon Graham, a sack and a half on back-to-back plays. Vintage BG stepping up in a big moment in the fourth quarter against a division rival. You know what's interesting, Gino? Like this defensive line is as clutch as they come. We mentioned the Hassan Reddick fourth quarter numbers last week, but twelve of their thirty sacks this year have actually come within the final five minutes of the game, and most of those games have been one score situations. They again, there's times that they it's tough for them to hit home with that four man pass rush and with a struggling secondary, but when they need a sack, like they get a sack.
1: Yeah, they just have a room full of closers, man. Just yeah. The old adage, coffee is for closers. These guys are drinking cups of it before that game because I think back to week one, Jalen Carter, his first sack of the season comes with under a minute left to shut that game down against Mac Jones. And how many times has that happened, right? There's You could get the garbage time sacks. You could get the the ones that are early on in the game that don't affect right, much, but right. they make it count. They make it count. And, Lou, I, I think we have to give credit to one more player who in the secondary, I think is it's taken a lot of of some flack the last two days but Zach Cunningham continues to be the best linebacker on this football team.
0: Oh, yeah. I mean, that hit on Dak Prescott, like Darius Slay made first contact, but Cunningham leveled him in midair to stop a touchdown, and his coverage was just as good. So he led the team with 10 tackles, but actually Dak pressure er, when targeting Cunningham yesterday, or on Sunday, four for eight, just 21 yards, a 2.6 yards per attempt average, and a 56.3 rating. And how he got this guy off the streets in the summer. I mean, another amazing value signing.
1: I think this is one of those free agent question marks that you can put to bed already for 2024. Like at least sign this guy to another one year extension right now. I would, in my opinion, yeah. I, I think he's the only, I mean, Morrow, you could probably do the same thing, but Nicobe Dean, dude, re- best availability is reliability. This and way, it kind of stinks that we talked him up so much. <laughs> he is where he is in terms of injuries. He's fine.
0: I mean, he had half a sack and had a good blitz on Sunday, but at this rate, Howie Roseman's never going to even invest another third-round pick in linebacker when he's like, I can just sign a Kazeer White right off the streets mm. or Zach a Cunningham. Week before the NFL Nicholas season Mar- starts. Yeah, this guy already didn't want to take linebackers. Now he's never going to. No, like, He could get a guy in July, at the end of July, that's playing like this.
1: Mm. And just hats off to the Ben do not break I-, I think that's what and it's going to come down to. the hustle, right,
0: Gino? To. I mean, between that Cunningham hit Blank and chip stop on Ferguson on the goal line. BG rushing Dak on the two-point conversion. I mean, Slay's head on Lamb. They just, they, they, this defense flies to the ball.
1: They bring the juice, man. Like, this defense brings that squeeze, dude. They get everything that they need out of it. They make plays. And e- even when we get into stock down, we're going to talk about the secondary. But situationally, every single guy at one point or another has stepped up in a big way when it mattered late in a football game.
0: I totally agree. You mentioned secondary. We got to get into stock down coming up next because Dak Prescott definitely had his way with the defensive backfield. So we'll get into that coming up next right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast.
1: We thank you for joining us here at LOE. And there's only one reason we can talk to you each and every day. It's because of our special friends that sponsor us each and every week. And the biggest and best one, in my opinion, is our friends over at FanDuel. If you don't know what FanDuel is by now, you probably haven't left your house because their signs are everywhere. You walk into a shopping mall, you can see everything Fandle. You walk into your local grocery store, it's there too. But all you have to know is that anybody listening right now can get $150 in bonus bets with any $5 money line bet. So, when all of us bet on the Eagles to get revenge on the Chiefs in two weeks from now, we're going to put in $5 and we're all going to get $150 back in bonus bets. On top of that, you could bet on player props, over-under, and much more. Go to fanduel.com or download that Fanduel app on your phone, put in the promo code locked on, and kick off the NFL season. Well, we've been kicking off for half a year now. And if you've been following along with us, hopefully you've been winning some money. And we only bet over at the number one fan duel or the number one sportsbook in America, fan duel. All
0: right, Gino, it's time for stock down right here on the Lockdown Eagles podcast. A twenty eight to twenty-three win over the Cowboys, but Dak Prescott nearly had 400 passing yards in this game. Uh, The secondary definitely did struggle to stop CeeDee Lamb, and I think overall stocked down to the secondary as a whole. I mean, Reed Blankenship, I thought, had a good game, and Darius Slay held his own, went finally on CeeDee Lamb in the slot in the fourth quarter and made some big stops when it mattered most. But when you look at James Bradbury, Eli Ricks and Sidney Brown had a tough go of it in the slot against Lamb. Kevin Byard looked kind of old and slow in man coverage against uh, Jake Ferguson, the secondary, they've had some some low lows this year, and that was another one on Sunday for sure.
1: Kevin Byard, yeah, I don't think he was he's not being put in that position that he should be. Like he's a more we well, got Tyler be state- from yeah. Locked On He's not he's gonna, going gonna be able to cover in guys it, yeah, in, in that, tight ends. So. And that came to fruition, and yeah, so did Sidney Brown being on C D Lamb, and so did Eli Ricks being on C D Lamb, but when Darius Slave was on CD. Things were okay. And there were some bright spots like James Bradbury stepping up big there at the end of the game. And yeah, these guys stepping back onto the field after they get injured. But all in all, the numbers stock down to just allowing number one wide receivers to have the best fantasy day mm-hmm. that they could ever imagine. I mean, CD Lamb just goes absolutely astronomical. The bigger question, in my opinion, Lou, is how does Sean decide get out of the building and they're like walking onto the plane and Somebody doesn't just nudge him and be like, Yeah, we're only putting Darius Slay on on CD, right? And he's it's like, Oh, so yeah, simple of course. To me. We are. And then we see yeah. Nicholas Morrow having to defend CD Lamb at one point right. during the game, and you're like, What
0: is going exactly. on? Exactly. And I like Eli Ricks a lot. I'm very high in Sidney Brown, as are you. We like the potential of these two rookies, but to ask them to cover CD Lamb the entire game is just That's not sincere. Dak was 8 of 8 against those two rookies when targeting them. 122 yards, a touchdown, no picks, and a 158.3 rating. And again, it's like hard to justify having slay shadow guys when you're playing a Washington, right? And there's three legitimate receivers. Mm. Or when you play San Francisco coming up or a Seattle. But it's more frustrating in these types of games when they only really have one guy you know, and again, fine, Michael Gallup's whatever. They do have Brandon Cooks and Jalen Toliver, But C.D. Lamb's the one legitimate player you can't let beat you. And when you have Darius Slay and James Bradbury just sitting on the boundary, more so Slay than Bradbury, it's very frustrating when you're watching their best player kill you over and over again, and that guy's on the outside doing nothing about it.
1: Right, you can take guys completely out of the play through that manner. And that's a lot of what Dallas did. I mean, if, if Ceedee lamb is walking out there and you saw Dak check to it every single time, I mean, anytime it wasn't Darius Slay on his side and they were showing man coverage, it was going to go his way. And that is something that they have to figure out at the same time. They've allowed Cooper cup and all of these guys like Justin Jefferson to have big gaudy numbers, but at the end of the day, it could come back to bite you, man. I mean, you were, two yards away from cd lamb scoring yet another touchdown to end that game yeah and it comes down to sean to De- decide deploying that secondary the way that they did and yeah i think Sidney brown and guys like kevin Bayer, they're going to take a lot of flack for being put in that position but they should never have been put in that position to have to defend cd lamb one-on-one exactly. anyway
0: there is really less of an excuse for bradbury right now gino it's just right. like the young guys that are fast look inexperienced, and the old guys that are experienced look slow, and that's Bradbury. He allowed five catches on eight targets, 68 yards, five first downs allowed, and another touchdown. Bradbury, you know, again, it's hard to justify Howie not paying him after the season he had last year a first-team All-Pro, the importance of a cornerback position, but I don't know. I mean, he was the guy of the two between him and Slay that we were concerned with may not age well this year, and that was that is what's kind of happening. And again, as you mentioned, like he still has stepped up back to back games. He made a big play in fourth down in the second half of these close games, but he just, yeah, he looks slow and he's not a guy that I just trust to cover any type of receiver now. And how he, I'm not saying he prioritized Bradbury over anybody in the secondary of this season, but he did, he was kind of disciplined on how much he was willing to give CGJ and Darius Slay, who almost went to Baltimore and Bradbury was the first guy he signed. And, Thank God they got Slay back because he hasn't been the same as he was last year. But Darius Slay, there's a a big gap between him and Bradbury right now from a trust perspective.
1: I would like to go back and listen to our shows right before free agency because between the two linebackers, between the two safeties and between the cornerbacks, I think that James Bradbury would probably be second to last in terms of who we thought would get any sort of contract behind Kaiser White. Yeah, yes. I thought it was him and Kaiser White. It's like there's no chance these two are gonna get right, signed. Right. You'll probably keep TJ, you'll probably keep one of Chauncey or Marcus, and you'll yep. definitely keep Darius Slay. Right. James Bradbury was the first one to get a contract. He but. may have been the
0: only one that like they got lucky. Again, their Darius Slay was not on the team for a minute, Gino. Like they got or at least verbally, they said he was released. Like, I don't know what the scenario is in that case. Do they draft a corner high? Do they sign somebody else? But they chose Brad, even they chose him over Chauncey Gardner-Johnson. Like, I, I'm sure they went to the table of CGJ first, but I think they were more disciplined. I think they were willing to give Bradbury more than Gardner-Johnson because of the position
1: he played. Which is, inc- it's an incredible yeah. philosophical way to approach it too because you're looking at a guy in Chauncey who's so good and so young and made so many plays and it's like, Oh, Bradbury was awesome last year. It, at the was. same time, did we forget what he was in New York just like a year before that when teams did pick on him a little bit and they did realize that he does have four six speed and I hope he does settle in because there's nobody else better suited. I mean, Josh Job's not the answer right now. Say, and nobody's these young guys aren't it, it's gotta be JB getting back to at least yeah. half of who he was in 2022. Next and I'm confident could, he's a pro. I mean he right. should be, but athletes are athletes in the national football league. And Jalen Mills was great, but kid couldn't run. I mean, Ronald Darby was great, but he couldn't tap like James yeah. Bradbury, isn't an and but guy, he's a number one guy that you look as a one B and you paid as a one B. Yeah. And right now he's being treated as one of these guys just off the street. Cause for that's the way he's playing.
0: Opinion. And, you know, maybe long term you look into drafting a corner high, and they probably will. And maybe you don't release mm-hmm. Bradbury next year, but you give him some competition. This year, yeah, it's they need him. They need him and Darius Slay to come through. And you know, it's not the 2017 secondary. Like, can they still win a Super Bowl with these two? Absolutely. Just a couple weeks ago, they shut down the best passing attack in football mm-hmm. from a statistic standpoint against the Miami Dolphins. So it's not like they haven't had their high highs. The second half against the Rams, the secondary played really well. They've been injured most of the year. They're finally coming together. So I'm still optimistic, but it's definitely a unit that last year you won because of a majority of the games. And this year it's been a lot of winning with or winning in spite of, and on Sunday you won in spite of them.
1: You have to hope. You have to hope that they can get back to that Miami game which just two yeah. weeks ago, just two weeks ago. I know. And I think it's more of a critical viewpoint than it is a negative in my opinion and somebody in our youtube comments is like oh for an eagles fan like you're, you're pretty negative and it's like no we just are critical of the areas that are yeah it's a just big and they, they had to, a to stop the passing
0: game that's a that's a big and again it's not like again gino last year they could not stop patrick mahomes in the super bowl that's and you still almost won it all. In 2017, you won a Super Bowl with Jalen Mills and Ronald Darby allowing over 500 passing yards to Tom Brady. So it's not to say this is a make-or-break thing. The season's over. They're 8-1 and one with the secondary. They've allowed only 20 points or less in five of nine games. But that's not to say, like you said, you can't ignore the problems you have just because you're a good football team.
1: No, or it'll come back to bite you in the Super Bowl like it did exactly. last year. Like, yeah. you know what the problem we See, the thing is, we know what the problem is. We're not walking into like a therapy appointment, getting to the root cause. We right. know what the root cause is, man. It's just the secondary is not playing better. It isn't meshing up with that front. There right. has to be something. Whether it's Sean DeSai simplifying some things in terms of his cover six, taking away some of that communication, which has been a down downright issue for them, having so many different combinations, eight different combinations in nine games in the secondary. But at the same time, they do have good players. It isn't the Chandon Sullivans. It isn't the Devontae Bowsby. It just really comes back to them realizing who they are as football players and having to get back to what they do, and that's play good yeah. football. Because as right as you... now, the trade mm-hmm. deadline's over. Sorry to interrupt, but no, it, it's over. I mean. Nobody's walking through that door.
0: No, I agree. And as long as you have this elite pass rush, though, Gino, again, and you are good situationally with the secondary. They did make plays when it mattered most. You're going to have a chance to win any game. Again, that's not to say that you don't strive to have no weaknesses on your football team, but every, even contender, has problems Mm -hmm. in both conferences. And so when you have Jalen Hurts, when you have these lines, when you have these weapons, again, not to say the secondary doesn't matter. It absolutely does. You have to stop the passing game. But it's not going to stop them from winning a championship. And they've, again, had enough highs this year where I'm still confident that it's not something that's going to hold you back all year long.
1: They're eight and one they're eight and one like I I I hate having to do stock up stock down because it's like that's it's very it has a negative connotation to it but we have to remember where we are like why we're here is because this team is multiple this team can do many different things if one unit isn't stepping up one week three other units are going to step up in their wake the passing game stepped up The rush game stepped up in terms of the defensive line. It's a balanced football team. Why Dallas is the way they are? It's because they're one-dimensional in a lot of facets. Like, if their front doesn't hit home, they don't have the secondary. If Dak can't pass the ball, they don't have the running game. The Eagles have multiple ways to beat you. It just can't be that bad, like it was against Dallas.
0: I agree. Or against Washington in those two games. There's got to be a middle ground here at least, because mm. because these guys aren't going to have even Geno the Miami game in them every week, and they're not going to do what they did in 2022. They're not going to go back to that form. Yep. They just got to find that middle ground, and yeah, like you said, let these other elite units of the team take over bradley Roby, by the way also coming back from injury hopefully after the bye week so some reinforcements coming we've got you covered right here on lockdown eagles monday through friday to cover it all got another three shows for you this week right here on the lockdown podcast network your team every day shout out to our everydayers for making us your first listen monday through friday that's going to do it though for today's podcast for gino camilleri i'm lou dibiase signing off as always thank you for downloading thank you for watching and listening and let's go birds fly eagles fly